We had to make one change to our cropping plan and that was we had to take beans out of the rotation this year because um, it just became too late to sow them. Uh, land wasn't fit to sow until end of April, so it was just too late to sow beans. Other than that, we stuck to the plan and everything else. Over the past few days, the bright sunshine, warmer temperatures and long days has everybody feeling that summer is here at last. This lovely weather is allowing farmers to get through crop management tasks at their own pace. The poor weather in March and April disrupted most farms, which some are still catching up on. Many farmers were forced to adjust cropping from oats to barley or drop crops altogether, such as beans, as it was too late to plant the crop to achieve an acceptable harvest date or acceptable yield. You are listening to the latest episode of The Tillage Edge with me, Michael Hennessy. We would really appreciate it if you could listen, follow and give us a review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast from. I'm joined by Don Summers, who is farming just south of Enniscorthy County, Wexford, and John Mann, the Tillage Signpost Advisor. We chatted about how Don is managing through the difficult year and how his actions are still helping to address environmental concerns. I chatted to them on Don's farm this week as he was about to head out spraying for the evening. I first asked Don about the difficult season and if it affected his cropping plans. Yes, we had to make one change to our cropping plan and that was we had to take beans out of the rotation this year because um, it just became too late to sow them. Uh, land wasn't fit to sow until end of April, so it was just too late to sow beans. Other than that, we stuck to the plan and everything else. Okay, and was that to do with your establishment system? You're in a mintail system down here or you know, did your neighbours find it every bit as difficult? It wasn't helped by our establishment system. I know people did get going earlier with ploughs, but they probably sowed into less than ideal conditions. The one thing this year was that you got away with sowing into less than ideal conditions. In other years, you might have been punished by dry weather, whereas this year, it seemed to be a year where you could get away with it. Um, I know some people were mintilling did go earlier than we did. We just had some wet fields that always had a wet spot or a wet headland, and we decided to wait until those patches dried out. We possibly could have forced them and gone earlier, but that was the decision we made and that's what we did. Okay. And just in terms then of the, you've no beans in the system, it's generally what, maybe 15% of your crop and area. Yeah. How How is that going to affect your long-term rotation now? It would have a small effect. Um, where we were planning to sow the beans, we've sowed spring barley and the plan is to get back in there with oilseed rape. So we will still get a break crop in. It will just be a year later than planned and we'll just kind of shuffle things around a little bit, but it won't have a major impact on our crop rotation. Okay, and for the other spring crops that you put in, how are those looking at the moment? They're looking okay. They're not that long emerged. They're probably at growth stage 12, 13. So they're up. They're not showing any signs of stress. I suppose we have to decide now is whether or not to go with an insecticide. And this year I've decided not to go with an insecticide based on aphid numbers um, and past experience. We're not going with an aphid this year. Okay, and you you haven't used aphicides in a good long time down here in the farm, but I suppose the difference this year perhaps is that you probably haven't sown as late as this year as other years. No, it's particularly late sowing. Uh, generally, the only place we use an insecticide now is in winter barley because I think the risk there is far bigger and the yield penalty is far bigger, but based on past experience, even with late sowing, albeit not as late as this year, the yield penalty has been small Um uh, so we just decided this year not to do it. Okay, so um, in terms of the other management you have to do in your spring crops, is there a lot, if pretty much everything is still in scope to be for management, is it? Yes, everything needs to be done still. So we did, we front loaded all our nitrogen, so we put all the nitrogen into the seed bed, so that's taken care of. We're looking at probably a, a two spray strategy this year where we'll go with a T1 and a weed spray um, next and then a T2. 
Okay, so stick it all pretty much in one. Weeds, weeds uh, and uh, disease and then just come back with disease thereafter and make it simple. Yeah, weeds and a cheap and cheerful T1 because I think it's going to have a very short span on the crop where we're back in with a proper, T1, or a proper T2 then. So yeah, that's the plan. Okay, so you used a lot of nit- of urea last year as your nitrogen source. Did you use m- as much this year or more this year, maybe based on cost or how did you get on with it? Uh, our entire nitrogen source this year was urea. Uh, the vast majority was the form of protected urea. It worked well last year, so we went with that again. We used no compounds. We used straight P and K. And the only place we didn't use protected urea was on our spring-sown barley, where we were front-loading with nitrogen into the seedbed. We used unprotected urea there because it would be safe in the soil. But yeah, all our nitrogen source this year was urea. Okay, and did you have any difficulty spreading that in terms of the spread width, spread, uh, you know, the variability in terms of spreading? Uh, we are, we're on 24 metre tram lines, so I think that's within the, the, the range of urea. We did use, tra- we have a, a mat system with a phone app. We used the app to get an initial setting and then did a test using the spreading mats and taking photographs. And um, yeah, our recommended setting after the mat test was quite different to the initial setting from the app, so it was definitely worth doing. Uh, we can see for that initial run where we were setting up the spreader, we can see striping, but it's all looks good after that so it was definitely worthwhile putting in the time to to do the the test with the mats rather than just take a recommendation from from an app okay yeah the apps are pretty tricky because it's probably a different type of fertilizer used for the same um bag i suppose every year or the same compound it might be slightly different every year but it's well worth doing it yeah definitely worth doing the the test okay and in terms of sulfur then did you incorporate the sulfur with your 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 nitrogen or or with your peas and case Yes, we use um, protected urea with sulphur and straight urea with sulphur, so we still got our sulphur from our, our nit- with our nitrogen. Okay. John, I just want to bring you in here for a second. Um, John is obviously in the signpost farm programme. In, in terms of the loss of beans out of the system, how did that affect the goals, or how is that going to affect the goals of the programme? Well, I suppose, Michael, um, we have a, in the in the signpost programme itself, we have our 12 steps to reduce gaseous emissions. And again, the, the goal there would be that 80% of our our uh, greenhouse gas emissions on tillage farms are um, nitrogen related. So again, the fact that uh, beans have a zero nitrogen requirement um, would would affect the goals for the farm for for the current year. But uh, I suppose in in hindsight, uh, it has been a particularly good year on the oilseed rape. Um, I know Don is uh, using green area indexes for his nitrogen rates on the oilseed rape. So we maybe have a little bit of a counterbalance there because his nitrogen rates were greatly, greatly reduced on the oilseed rape just uh, in the particular year that's gone by. Okay, and there's a lot of other actions that Don is 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 completing on the farm across well across the farm, I suppose. Is, is there one or two in particular that you you want to highlight? Well, I suppose Don has already talked about the protected urea, and, and he has a, a, a fairly big switch across to it. Um, the the two most important ones, I'd say, um, he's he's uh, heavily involved in. Um, in using organics on the farm he has his own spreader and um, uses a lot of uh, chicken organic uh, material 
and um, I think uh, that's a great effect. He has a particular system with his storage and his uh, his uh, management of it, and and how he gets it out onto crops. And I suppose the second one is the chopping of the straw, which uh, is heavily involved in the straw incorporation measure. Um, and he's maximising out to the forty hectares that he can he can apply that. So those two measures, to me uh, particularly, are of great benefit on the farm. Okay, and and Don does a good bit of cover cropping. Don, just to ask you about that cover cropping, you use it quite extensively for all your spring cropping the following year. Um, and as harvest is only just around the corner, what sort of plans do you have for that? And maybe in terms of mixes, what do you use over that period? Uh, the plan tends to change depending on harvest date because if we're, say, harvesting winter barley, I tend to go with something like phacelia and vetch and clover because they establish and grow well when sown early. If the harvest of spring barley or winter wheat runs late, which I'm expecting it to do because of our late sowing date on spring barley, we'll switch to something more like rye and oats and phacelia because they'll grow better in a later sowing scenario. So we don't have too much of a plan in place. We probably will buy in some seeds like the phacelia and vetch, but it'll be it'll be evolving as the harvest goes on depending on when our sowing date will be. Okay, but your 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 plans very much are to, to plant cover crops this year the same as other years? Oh, we'll definitely be cover cropping anywhere there's a, an opportunity to do so, whether it's an early harvested crop followed by a winter crop or anything destined for spring sowing, we'll all get cover cropped. I suppose people might be interested to know, I mean, in terms of cover crops, are you getting paid to do all of those through gloss or are you doing them because you feel like you were getting the value out of them anyway? I was going to do them anyway and that's why acres was appealing to me because both mint hill and cover cropping was something I was going to do anyway. So it, it, that made it extra appealing, the fact that I was going to get paid to do it, but I'll be sowing above and beyond what, I need, what I'm required to do in acres. Can I ask you one last question, Don? Just as around, um, you know, harvest is only just around the corner again and you must be looking at it and same as everybody else. The price of grain has kind of gone down every week since probably last May. Uh, did you manage to sell any grain forward? Are you one of those lucky few? I forward sold a small amount of malting barley um, at the time, it was the right thing to do. The prices went up after I forward sold it and it might have looked like the wrong thing to do. But as we stand here now, it appears to be the right thing to do. And um, The prices have gone below what I forward sold it at. So I'm glad I did that. I did it last year and some of it worked out well. Some of it didn't work out quite as well. But you take the average and it just reduces the risk. So Donison, thanks very much for your time. Delighted that you, you could spend a bit of time here and, and have a chat to me. I know you're kind of busy going out spraying. What are you going at at the moment? I am going with my T2 on winter oats. Um, that's the most pressing thing at the moment. We've just completed T2s on winter wheat, so we're moving on to oats now. Okay, so getting through to work. That's it. Thanks very much, Don. Thanks, Michael. So that's it for this week, and my thanks to Don and John for joining me on the show. The Chagas Crops Research is having its open day in Oak Park this year. The theme of the event is Crops and Cover Crop Cultivations, which will be held in Oak Park, Carlow on Wednesday, June the 21st. This biannual event will incorporate machinery demonstrations as well as crop research. Programme for the day will display current research across field trials and active machinery demonstrations at the Carlow site. Attendees will hear research-led advice on crop nutrition, disease control, new crops, increasing use of IPM for future pest control, as well as demonstrating added value opportunities for protein crops. This event is free and everybody is welcome. Put this in your diary now, and I'm certainly looking forward to meeting you there in the day. Finally, don't forget if you enjoyed the podcast, then recommend it to a friend or colleague. 
And as always, rate, review and follow on Apple or Spotify so you never miss an episode. And for more information, go to chargis.ie. I'm Michael Hennessy. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next week with more tillage news and advice.